Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. As always, I love being with you at the Thursday uh, afternoons here at noontime. Um, and since we are starting at noontime, let's start with the Angelus uh, as we get into our show today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us here for another week of the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. As always, we talk about our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health because we are here at the clinic. Um, today's show is really surrounding a topic that is important to all of us and we think about often, but we don't always put our mind into it every day. I should at least say for myself, maybe some people do, but we're talking about angels and what do angels mean in our lives? How do they work in our lives? And more specifically, we're going to get a, a special guest on today. We're going to get Trish from our front office here today because she has been taking a class specifically on guardian angels. Hey, Trish, how you doing? Hey. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Sandoval. All right. Well, Trish, we're talking about angels today. And as I was saying to our audience, you know, it's not something that I would dare say I think about all the time. I mean, yes, we have classes, the topics come up, but on an everyday basis, I don't always get up and think about my angel. Granted, I do pray to the guardian angel. I say the prayer, but am I really thinking about my prayer that, I, that there is an actual guardian angel with me? Or do I say the prayer just out of habit because it's there? Um, one of the interesting things is that you have been taking a class specifically on guardian angels, and we know that there's different types of angels. But, you know, preparing for our, our talk today, I thought, you know, Trisha's been taking a class and she's pretty smart, so I better read up a little bit myself because she's going to be way ahead of the game. But I want to learn from you today, Trisha, and I think all our listeners are going are gonna to learn as well. But just really quickly, though, before we get into any questions on what you've been doing and before you share with us, I just wanted to put this out there. So when people think about angels, I read two things. One is that in the Catholic Encyclopedia, it says that the church 
actually does not specify. There's been nothing that specifically tells us that there is an, a, a guardian angel, but it is our tradition. And so that was the encyclopedia of the Catholic Church. And then I went to the catechism of the Catholic Church, and I started looking at a few things, and I thought, I always forget this one very important aspect of angels. St. Augustine tells us that the angel is the name of the office, not of the nature of, you know, we think of angels and we think, oh, it's this, it's this uh, um, all these beings are angels. And we just think of angels and we see these pictures of wings and flowery. But St. Augustine tells us that their nature is just spirit, but their office is angel, meaning that that's the job. It's almost kind of like, you know, we are people, but we hold different offices. And one of those offices might be president of the United States, or it might be a governor. That's an office. And then they have a specific job. But who is in that job? It could be a man, it could be a woman, and if we had other sentient beings, maybe it could be another sentient being. So their their nature is just spirit, but their office, so it's a job. Is that pretty fair to say? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's oh. exactly right. Um, oh. Yeah, so um, um, what I have learned about angels in general is exactly that. They're, um, they are heavenly beings. They're not people. Uh, they are not... Um, they're not of this world, although, um, as in the case with guardian angels, um, God gives them a specific job, and their job is to be assigned to each and every one of us. We have our own guardian angel assigned to us, but they do so completely out of love and in union with God. So they can be at any hierarchy. They can be at any position in that office of angel, um, so God can pick any spirit to be an angel. Well, not necessarily. That's not how I understand it. Okay, go um, ahead. Well, I mean, you took you took the course, so I, I, rely, <laughs> I rely on your knowledge here based on this course. And actually, let's back up a little bit. So, what's this course that you're taking? So it's um, it's actually not a course as much as it is just a preparation for. Um, consecration to my guardian angel. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back up. <laughs> You're telling our listeners that they can, I mean, we hear about the consecration to St. Joseph, which right. is very popular this year. It's the year of St. Joseph. Right. We hear about our consecration to Our Lady, like St. Louis de Montfort. You know, we consecrate. You're saying we can consecrate ourselves to our guardian angels? Yes, yeah. And what that does for us is it puts us more in union with God's will. Because our guardian angel, his job is to make sure that um, we are getting God's message to, um, to sanctify ourselves. And, but it's our choice. It's our choice to follow. But the angel's there to kind of nudge us along the way and the, sometimes kick us in the butt. <laughs> well, you, well, you just made me think about something very important because, you know, I've been, I realized after a while, since sometimes we tape the show here, sometimes it's live, but my show's always on at noon. And I used to start with different prayers. I thought, oh, it'd be nice to start with a Hail Mary or whatnot. But now I'm like, wait, this is a noontime show. I start with the Angelus now, right? And the Angelus is the angel, right? The angel of the Lord. And what the whole prayer is about is exactly what you're talking about. You know, now Our Lady, you said we need a kick in the butt. I, I don't think Our Lady needed that. I think Our, Our Lady just needed the message. Um, but the angel came and told her, hey, this is what God's will for you. Mm -hmm. Angel Gabriel came to her. Right. And it was specifically just like you're saying, to tell you what the mission of God is, to communicate God's word directly to you. What do you think about that? I think that's marvelous because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm always so, uh, now what? And, and when you sit in uh, quietness and you're able to focus, like it's really hard for me. I think I'm positive I have adult ADHD, but um, 
when you're able to sit in in quiet and uh, prayerful um, contemplation, that's when you start to hear God's message, and that's your angel whispering that into your ear. So that's what I was just going to ask you, because you know how sometimes we're in prayer, and we say, oh, when I was in prayer, I, some people say, I, I felt this in my heart, or I kind of got this inkling, and we think it's God directly, but it might be one of our, our guardian angel or an angel or something coming to tell us, right, giving us those inklings. Right, right. Um, it could, I mean, who knows? It could very well be God or Jesus or the Blessed Mother or St. Joseph. Um, they're all working for our sanctification. They're all there trying to get us where they are. Uh, that's what's so beautiful. That's, it's very comforting to know that you have an advocate here on earth trying to help you get to heaven. That's, that's really the purpose. So here's a question for you, because this is something I know that we talked about a few questions that I had off the top of my head uh, in terms of angels and whatnot. But since angels is the office, it's the job, and and St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that they are all different. He's saying that one angel might not be, the way I think of it is it could be like, you know, it could be one, and this is in my feeble mind, one could be an elephant and one could be a tiger and one could be, but they're all angels. Their job is the same to get you where you need to go. Almost like... My, my question is this, does God sp- pick your p- particular guardian angel for you based on what he knows you're going to need? Because they can all be different in, as far as, as what they are. Um, perhaps. Uh, the way it was, the way I, I, I'm discerning and from what I've read about mm-hmm. um, guardian angels is God presents um, the angels uh, with an opportunity and because they love him so much, you know, it's, it, I don't know if they're clamoring over each other to, to be assigned um, a human, but um, that's, that's what he does. He puts it out there, and it goes to all the choirs of the angels, from the cherubim all the way down to the archangels. So, so your guardian angel could be a seraphim, a cherubim, it could be any yes, of the choir. Yes, I could have a general. <laughs> Oh, well, I hope I do because I, God knows I need that. I think I have. <laughs> my angel's been really busy like my entire life. So, um, yeah, yeah. So God, that, you know, that's interesting because it reminds me, it, it reminds me actually of the fall of the angels. You know, mm-hmm. you, you said something very, very powerful right there. Something that really clicked with me right now was you said, God presents this to them. God presents a mission to them. Isn't that what we believe happened in the beginning where St. Michael had to battle the devil and, and he had an opportunity now because God presented to them, this is my plan for humanity. Yes. And the angels get to pick or choose. Right. And that's when Lucifer said, um, those things, you know, <laughs> saying, I will not, I will not serve humans. I will not serve man. And um, he was the top angel. He was, right? So, I mean, he goes from being Lucifer, the angel of light, the, the top angel, um, and he gets jealous thinking that God's going to become human himself, yeah. and all of a sudden, they're going to have to serve us because right. we are going to be lifted into divinity. That could right. be a big... I could see how that could be a source of contention, but you mentioned something important. Their love of God right. is what drives them to protect us. We're going to talk more about that topic because right. this is very important <laughs> as far as what does that mean in terms of our guardian angel? What is he doing for us? And more importantly, why? That love of God is going to be key. More about this when we come back from the break.
All right. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Um, if you are joining us now, we are today talking about angels and what that means in our lives, specifically our guardian angels. We're joined by Trish, our wonderful uh, front desk staff person who runs the show here, um, as she is taking a course on angels and what they mean in our lives, and really more than anything else, how we can remember that they must help us um, overall because they need to, we need to remember that the angels are there to to help serve us. And this is not that they are our servants, but we before the break, we were talking about something very important. The angels are there to serve us, not because they think we're great, but because they think God is great. Is that right, Trish? Yeah, yeah. They, um, they are... Um serving God out of love because they are love. They are, um, they are God's creation in love. So they serve him gladly with and, love and since they, in love. You're right. I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense because since they are pure spirits and they came from God and they've already, now this is going to be something important. I have a question for you on, um, because they made their choice, mm-hmm. right? They were made, they, they, they're not like us. They don't, they don't have, faith and hope, they're already there. They can only have love. That's what they tell us, right? When we mm-hmm. get to heaven, we're not going to need faith because our faith is going to be fulfilled. We're not going to need hope because that's going to be fulfilled, but love is going to remain. Mm-hmm. So everything in heaven is love. So the angels are, are are pure love. Well, what happened? Explain to me something about the fall of the angels because God created them. He gave them a mission and all of a sudden there was a fall. What was going on there? So as I understand it, um, Lucifer was the the head of all of the the angels and he was the the bearer of light so when you know in genesis um, when god said let there be light he was the bearer of that light so um in that hierarchy there were underlings beneath him so he could then um i suppose direct those those other uh, choirs of angels and um so forth so when God made it known to the, the angels that he was planning on making man and becoming man himself, Lucifer couldn't deal with that at all. <laughs> and that was basically his fall. And you know how they say, you know, the higher you are, the harder you fall. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He kept falling and falling and falling and falling. So, um, and he took some, some folks, some angel folks with him. Um, who also could not he he directed them um you either you either serve this man or you be be a an angel in charge of yourself or whatever he you know whatever his 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 hang up was he just could not he could not deal with um god becoming man and then him having to serve because humans are so much lower than right. angels no absolutely and particularly you know the uh, cherubim and, and him being the bearer of light. Sure. Well, you know, yeah. here's something interesting, and maybe you, you can uh, shed some light on this. I have an exorcist friend of mine who we were talking about the different angels and whatnot, and, and he told me that as he was doing exorcisms, obviously he encountered some of the fallen angels, right? So now they become demons. And he, what he told me was when the angels fell, whatever their office, whatever their job was that God had assigned them, when they fell, the opposite had to happen or they took on the opposite, so to speak. So he told me that he encountered a demon who would only speak on inspiration. Meaning, you know, we speak and we exhale as we speak. Now we can speak and say, 
Trish, I, I can't even really do it, right? But you know how sometimes as you're <laughs> right. running out of air, you breathe and you keep talking and you try to speak while you're breathing in. And he told me that he encountered a demon that as he was performing an exorcism on an energumen, on somebody who was possessed, he encountered a demon who would only speak breathing in. And I said, well, what was going on with that? And he told me, well, you see, the thing is that when the demons fell, they did the opposite. They, they took on the opposite of what they were supposed to do. And he said, and what he got out of this demon is that this one of this demon's jobs, and you can clarify this in the class form. You find out find out how this goes. But we told me that the job of this demon, he that what he got out of him during the sexorcism was that he was supposed to be one of the angels proclaiming the birth of Christ. So he was supposed to sing out the birth of Christ, and now the opposite happened. He could only speak breathing in, and it was painful. Because as you see, we can't, you know, and I don't know, you know, obviously angels are, are spirits, so they don't breathe necessarily the way we do as human bodies. But you know how we sometimes equate, we have to kind of make a, a comparison of what it would be equal to us. And so he was saying something about that, where his pain was that he could only communicate now uh, in a painful, uncomfortable way. But it makes sense then, therefore, as you're saying, God says, let there be light. Lucifer was the bearer of light. When he rejected that, he becomes now the bearer of darkness. darkness right, right, right. So that's, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah. And then here's a question for you then. So when God gave him that choice, God, knew, God presented to them, to the angels that, hey, we're going to have humanity and you're going to have to be servers of humanity. At that point, did our guardian angels choose us? All the angels chose God. They didn't choose us until after the heaven and hell, so -hmm, to speak, had mm -hmm. been established. So whoever was left, I suppose, um, was then given the opportunity um, of their own free will to serve God by being a guardian angel. And it was a privilege to them because it was yet another way that they could show their love and adoration for the Lord. Yeah, because what I also hear is that God picked that angel for us even before we were born, assigned him to us at a conception. Right. You know, from the moment of conception, obviously. Um, but that even even before we were born, as, as Jeremiah tells us, you know, I was yeah, yeah, we were already being woven in God's mind. He's already got this plan. You know, we think that we plan ahead. I think God is we, eons eternally ahead and, and sees this from beginning to end, how things will play out. But we always kind of imagine it one step at a time. So tell me this. Now, this is kind of a double question, but what's the what's the role of the angel? Because we have a guardian angel, okay? So mm -hmm. a guardian angel. Now, is the guardian angel just there to make sure I don't fall into sin? Is it that, Or does he have a different role? Does he have even a preemptive role with that? Like what's going on with that? Um, well, this is what I'm learning. I'm still discerning the difference. And I think it's a little bit of both. I think, um, at least in my own experience, um, with the guardian angel, um, officially, their, their role is to present us with the opportunities to hear God's word and discern what God is trying to communicate to us along our paths. Because they don't alter our free will. No, they don't. And we can choose to listen or we can choose to ignore. It's like a child. A child can choose to listen to their parent or a child can choose to ignore or even do the exact opposite of what they're being told, even though they know deep down inside that they should be doing the right thing. Ooh, I really want that cookie though, so I'm gonna go sneak off and, and get it. 
And, and then we have to pay the consequences, of course, for our um, bad behavior. So would you say that it's kind of like the angels or I would dare say like our secret service? <laughs> you know, I mean, they just kind of stand there. They're quiet. They, they're stealthy. They, they, they yes, protect us. And yes, and uh, but they, they, you know, but we're they're kind of invisible, right? Secret Service is supposed to be just kind of invisible to the background. Mm-hmm. The people in office, whoever has this detail of Secret Service, they just go about their lives. And after a while, the Secret Service is invisible to them. They know they're there. They know they have a job, um, but they don't interfere in their life. They might present you a schedule and say, this is what you're supposed to do today. Mm-hmm. You can follow it or not. Right. Right. And that's, that's a pretty good analogy. I, I suppose, um, you know, in, in the case with me, I feel like I have a very, um, personal and real relationship with my angel and it's just continuing to develop as I'm, as I'm learning more about my angel going through these, uh, classes for the consecration. Um, you you start looking you start going backwards and and looking back at all the events in your life that have taken place and all the things that could have should have and would have gone wrong had there not been some kind of divine inter- intervention and i really feel strongly that that's where my angel at least in my case has presented himself because at some point the secret service has to draw the guns right if you're under attack right. They, they have to deflect a bullet here and there. <laughs> so, so here's something to consider. So my guardian angel actually already fought the devils. Yeah. At that moment when, you know, they say that there's a battle between St. Michael, <clears throat> and, you know, between the devil, between Lucifer and, and St. Michael. And they were saying, St. Michael said, who, by, who like God? And they said, it was a big battle. And it was St. Michael and his angels, because now St. Michael assumed, uh, shall, shall we say he's the bearer of light now? Did he assume the role of, of the, uh, that was lost? Well, I mean, we don't know that. I we don't, don't want, know. I don't yeah. want to assign that. I don't want to follow <laughs> theology here. But somebody had to take on that role. Right. Um, and he, he was brave enough to step forward and, and take it on. And so we know he's the leader of all the angels, regardless of where he is. You know, he's an archangel. And they, they, don't, they don't say he's a seraphim. But he took on that, that role. Um, and there was a battle. He, they followed, some of the angels followed St. Michael's. So my guardian angel was already in that battle. And my guardian angel, everybody's guardian angel, has already fought a demon. Oh, Definitely. And not just at that moment, but probably every day they're Constantly. fighting the devil for us. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. It's interesting because I think that we, the way, you know, you, you make me think here. You're making me think this is really good stuff because what you're making me think of is we always get these pictures of angels, guardian angels being like cherubim, little, little, we say cherubim, but, you know, little tiny babies with wings. Or we see the beautiful big guardian angel who's just kind of guarding some kids as they're walking across a bridge. I see that, you know, that's our classic guardian angel picture. But they're guarding them across the bridge. What I really think that they should show our guardian angel is like this huge knight who is fighting off evil creatures kind of like in, in the uh, the Odyssey or Ulysses or something where, you know, you get this kraken coming out of the cave and, you know, the angels in there battling it out. I mean, I don't think we give our angels enough credit as their power and, and really their stance. Um, I believe the angel will take on any form he sees fit at any given moment. Like mine, I picture sitting on my shoulder constantly going... <laughs> Anybody in there? Um, and then in other cases, being this huge entity, uh, like the big kid playing with the toy car and steering it in the right direction. Whatever God needs him to be. Right. Because since he is spirit, they don't have to take on a form, right? Yeah. Or they can take a, I mean, obviously, as uh, um, we hear in, in history and we look at apparitions and things like that, they take on the form of what looks like a man. And I think that God does that at that moment so that we can relate. 
yes. that we can say, hey, this is something that we understand. Um, interesting, though, because usually when angels appear, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid. People say that it's scary to me. Angels, did you ever touch on that in your class or no? Um, we haven't really talked about that yet. Um, mm -hmm. What we did talk about was meeting your angel. Very, very few people who are still alive have actually met or seen their angel. Is it possible to meet your angel? Um, it is possible. It is possible. It's a very unique case. Um, there, I only know of maybe a couple of saints who actually saw their pa angel. Padre Pio says he always saw his angel, right? He said that ever since he was a, a young child, he saw his angel. And he just assumed everybody else did as well. Mm -hmm. Right? And he's like, what's wrong with you people? Don't you see your angel? Right, right. Padre Pio is pretty special. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I would say is he tells me what's wrong with I mean, you. Man, I wish I could bilocate, but. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to tell me, why, why don't you see your angel? I'd say, because I'm not you. <laughs> you know, I don't think, you know, I don't think, you know, the graces you've gotten. Right, but right. That's interesting. So there's something I want to talk about when we come back from the break, and this is going to be important, is you say you have a personal relationship with your angel. One of the questions I'm going to have for you, and think about this, because how personal should we get? You know, this is still an entity that uh, is in the spiritual realm. Are there any pitfalls to getting a little too personal to our guardian angel? We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. <clears throat> All right. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Um, I want to give a quick shout out and remind everybody that we do have the men's conference coming up. Uh, Trish, when's the date of that men's conference? That is the 12th of June. June 12th. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be Jesse Romero is going to be giving that conference. And who else is going to be giving that conference? Um, Eddie Chavez. Eddie Chavez. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Chavez. Man, I miss that guy. He's got to come back. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a special presentation by... Um, Bishop, Bishop Strickland. Strickland, right? Yeah. And so who does not love, you know, Bishop Strickland? He's so the awesome. Man who tells <laughs> it, the bishop who tells it like it is. You know, he's my adopted bishop, shall we say. I don't right. in the Diocese of Tyler, but boy, in my heart I do uh, sometimes. So um, one of the things that we're talking about today, if you're just joining us or if you're continuing the conversation here, is we're talking about angels and what that means in our life, in particular because Trish has been taking a class on our guardian angels. And Trish, in our, you know that I do deliverance ministry with, with my diocese and, um, and don't get me wrong. I have a great Bishop too. Bishop Ann, how you doing? You know, doing a great job. Um, but, uh, as we're talking about angels and deliverance and whatnot in the deliverance ministry, everybody gets fascinated by fallen angels, right? Everybody's saying, Oh, fallen angels and that. But as we're talking about guardian angels, some people say, I have a very personal relationship with my guardian angel, which you're telling us that we should have. But then some people say, oh, I really, I want to name my guardian angel. I kind of want them to be my friend in that way. What's going on with that, Trish? What's, what's the idea behind, do we name our guardian angel? And what does it mean to have a personal relationship with our guardian angel? Well, I think it's being um, a control freak as I am. We want to <laughs> name things. Um, because we love them and we want them, you know, to, we want to be able to identify with them. And I think that's why we want so deeply to have a name to call our angel. Um, but we don't have that authority. We do not have that authority. So no, we cannot name our angels. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned, that's a very powerful word that I want our listeners to pay attention to is 
authority. We talk about that all the time in the deliverance session because sometimes, you know, when people form deliverance teams, all of a sudden the, uh, some people start to feel like they should be able to do prayers of exorcism or they drove out the demons. And I think we get the, into this, this uh, cycle of really more, I think it comes from a place where we want to feel uh, important, not because we're feeling insecure, but because we want to feel like, you know, we mean something to God in the eyes of God. And so sometimes naming our angel, we want to have that level of importance. But you mentioned something there, authority. If you notice, it just makes me think back to Genesis. God gave man dominion over animals. And he said, you can name the animals, but he never said you can name the angels. That's very, very true. Um, that's a very, I mean, that's an awesome point that you made because we are here on earth. The angels, even though they're with us on earth, they are still in the presence of God. So because there's no constraint, there's no time and, and physical constraint with spiritual beings. They are both either or and they're, they're both and so they're yeah. they are in the presence of god while they are guiding us on yes. earth it's interesting because we are you know in our minds you mentioned something important father Pio could bilocate and in our minds we think "Ooh, that's so cool two places at once and the angels are like that's that's a joke like we're in a lot of places at once you know uh it's interesting to, to say that now here's a question for you do they see the face of god i've heard different things before you answer that let me tell you why i asked this question because i've heard different things do your angels see the face of God? I have heard, and I remember our priest used to tell us this. Now, I don't know if it was to scare us, but they used to say, don't commit a mortal sin because when you commit a mortal sin, your angel is no longer either in the presence of God or doesn't see the face of God or is turned away from God. Something along the lines because it's almost like they failed. What do you know about, are they seeing the face of God? Can we affect that? What do you, what, have you learned that? Um, I did learn, yes, they, they can, and they do see the face of God because they are in his presence. Mm -hmm. They are in him, mm -hmm. so to speak, mm -hmm. um, while they are, are serving him and simultaneously helping us. I already so I want to say, um, yes, they're serving us because they're doing something good for us, but they're not serving us. They're, serving they're God. helping us. Right. 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 And we have to make the choice again to take that instruction to accept that help to accept that love it's a gift but based on our actions is it possible for the angels to no longer see the face of god i don't know how that'd be possible i think once you're in heaven you see the face of god that's that i think when you sin mm -hmm. the angels are doing this mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and if it's a mortal sin what we're doing is we're separating ourselves from our angel right right i don't think we're separating our angel from god they feel maybe shame or for disappoint us. disappointment for us for us that they were not able to keep us from doing that. But we have free will. It's not our angel's fault if we sin. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, that and that's my point. Yeah, that's why I don't think that God, you know, obviously I don't think God would punish they can't be punished anymore. They've already made their choice. They yeah. already choice made the choice to be punished or not be punished. And they're not gonna, you know, fall or anything along those lines. They can't. They they already had that option. But interesting that you mentioned that that they might close their eyes to our sin because it's offensive to their spiritual nature, because even now, tell me if this is true or not, I've heard this in a few conversations, I remember reading this, St. Catherine of Siena said, even the demons would run away from certain sins that they incite because it hurt their angelic nature. Even though they're demons, they're still spiritual beings with an angelic 
origin. And <clears throat> even if they, if they incited you to certain sins, especially against commandment, it was actually offensive to them. Even mm -hmm. as devils, they're like, this is disgusting. <laughs> like how, how you, you would think that they can't get more disgusted than where they are. But even then, so it makes sense that the angels might cover their face or want to separate from the sin that we commit. And that must, I could see how that would be painful because it's, I'm assigned to you, but what you're doing is extremely hurtful and somehow I have to be um, continue to guide you. Mm -hmm. That's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, but on that same token, if you repent mm -hmm. um, of that sin and you make amends for it, your, your angel's right, right back to being on your, you know, right on your hip, so to speak. And our angel's always on our side. Yeah. So They're always regardless. there. They're always there. We have to be willing to listen. And that's really hard. There's a lot of noise. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, and the, and then that's where they probably guide us to confession. Mm -hmm. You know, when some, we need to go to confession, they're probably nudging and saying, hey, get there, get there. Because I've also heard, you know, as we're talking about angels, it, it's interesting because both sides interfere. Like I said, our guardian angel had fought a demon or various of them or however they did when they battled, they already fought them. You know, they talk, we talk about going to confession, our angel's going to be nudging us, but then they talk about how many demons are in the confession line telling you not to confess certain sins or yeah. even not go or leave the confession line. Did you study anything about that in terms of us getting closer to God through our angels? Uh, um, yes. Direction? Yeah. Um, there's actually a little prayer that you can say um, just before um, adoration. Do you have that? Um, I do. I do. Is that the one you gave me a copy of? Yeah. yeah. Um, Lord, here I am with my angel. And you can say this before um, um, adoration or before you go to Mass even, or I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to say this <laughs> when you're waiting in line for confession because it's it's a beautiful little simple prayer. Lord, here I am with my angel to adore you, to love you, to plead with you for all those who are hungering for you, for all who are in danger. Let this hour become an hour of grace and fill it with your overflowing mercy, O holy, mighty, and immortal God. And it's just, that's so beautiful. It's a very but simple to, prayer. Yeah, simple prayer, but to state, here I am with my angel by my side. You know, yeah, I just, yeah. so much comfort. You know, it's interesting because the this is where I'm telling you, we, you know, I'll, I'll say the prayer to my guardian angel, but this prayer that you just read, very simple, very, very true to life, but it reminds me that my angel is actually always there. I think that when I pray to my guardian angel or I say my, my guardian angel prayer, um, I think that, you know, I'm going through life, whatever, and then when a rough something rough happens, then my angel appears. You know, then mm -hmm. then he'll come to me. I, I don't think of the fact, like, with this here, Lord, here I am with my angel, my angel's just there. Mm -hmm. My angel, so, and, and it makes me, and when I think about it that way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, since you, if you learned anything different in this course, it makes me think of, you know, when, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Our Lady and they say that Our Lady said, kind of was taken aback and she's like, who, who are you? Who am I that you would greet me like this? And she didn't realize that because she's being greeted as a queen of all the universe and, all and everything. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm just a, a humble little creature. I forget, obviously I'm not anywhere near the level of a saint or our lady yet in terms of the grace, but I forget that. I think that I have to stop and think my angels with me all the time. This angel is this amazing angelic being, spiritual being. Who am I that I've assigned a secret service guardian angel? 
Like, you know, we think of the important uh, governors and presidents and people in office, and we say, they have an important role. That's why they need Secret Service. Well, wait, I need Secret Service detail? Who am I that I need Secret Service detail? I think sometimes we might think of it as, oh, I'm so so feeble and weak that I need the Secret Service detail. But I think of it, we got to think of it the other way. It's like God has a very, very important plan for us, and he's going to assign you Secret Service so you can carry this out because there's going to be other entities trying to knock you out. Yeah, because he knows what's down here on earth. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows where where Lucifer and the um the his minions are dwelling. Yeah, you know, and and that's I think something for our listeners what I would say is something to think about in terms of if we're ever feeling down, if we're ever feeling like we don't matter to God, we've sinned too much, we can't come back. We got to remember there's still secret ser- angelic secret service detail for us that's protecting us and we got to remember that, you know, Buck up, camper, you know, put a, shape up your crown and put it back on because you're royalty and you got to start living like a royal right. and start remembering that. And I think that that's something we can ask our guardian angels to help us with. You mentioned something important. What's our guardian angels role in our prayer life? What can they do for us with our prayer life? So absolutely. Um, in, in not just in discerning um, uh, the role of the guardian angel for for myself personally, but in discerning my faith, um, I always felt like I didn't know how to pray. Like I felt dumb or like it, you know, silly um, when I was trying to pray. And um, whether it's through um, inspiration of the Holy Spirit or um, inspiration of um, collaboration between guardian angels amongst. Um, friends and acquaintances or family members, they help you to come up with the words. And I learned that um, when I was discerning my faith, you know, stuff would come to me that I didn't even realize I was even It's like, where did that come from? Right, Hmm. right. More about that when we come back from the break, because I want to talk about our Holy Hour Challenge, how we're doing on praying for faith and how our angels can help us to get the right words. All right, more when we come back from the break with Trish. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about angels and we're joined by our local resident expert, Trish, (laughs) who is taking a class on guardian angels and helping us understand a little bit more about what we should do with our guardian angels, what they do for us and how we can really use them. Well, I shouldn't say use them, how they can help us um, grow in our spiritual life and get closer to God. So Trish, one of the things we were talking about, very interesting that you said, you know, sometimes when we go to pray and people say, I don't even know what to say, you know, unless if I'm not saying an our father and a hell Mary, I don't know what to say. And after a while that can get monotonous because I say it so often or over and over, um, that it kind of doesn't mean much. And I just kind of get lost. I get distracted. What's going on with that. You mentioned something important. Like sometimes you get, we get these inspirations to pray for something and we're like, where did that come from? Right. Um, what you may or may not know about part of my uh, duties at the offices is people send in prayer requests, mm. and um, I process those. Um, I, I print them out and take them into the chapel for those who do holy hour to, to pray over them, as well as the um, uh, priests and uh, sometimes Monsignor will... Um, take those all into consideration. I know uh, Terry, Mary, Danielle pray over them as well. 
Um, when I see one come in, I try really hard to um, take a moment and actually put down into words my prayer for that particular intention so that at least they know on some level someone is praying for them. And I often look at some of their their um, intentions and I think, oh my gosh, how how can I respond to this person intelligently and um, with love? And then it'll just occur to me. It, it, it literally just pops into my head. I start typing and um, I start off always with your intentions are uh, going to be brought to holy hours. And while I am putting that into words, some kind of inspiration hits me and I'll start pulling prayers and I'll look up stuff on the internet that will help. Do our listeners know that? Do our listeners know that you do this? I don't know. (laughs) This is probably the first time they're going to hear it, at least for me. Well, this is important because, so I I don't mean to interrupt you, but just so our listeners are aware, whoever listens to this uh, podcast, you know, um, we're doing the Holy Hour Challenge. I'm on the third week now of faith. And if anybody's fallen short of Holy Hours or hasn't started or, you know, gets any hangups in between, because I've gotten some of our listeners who email me and say, sorry, Dr. Tannenbaum, I didn't start. Start at any time you want. For me, I just started on May 11th. It's a 12-week deal. And I'll be honest with you, I missed a week, so I have to double up. You know, this is what happens. And I'm the one doing the challenge, right? <laughs> but this is what happens. This is why I said from the beginning, if you happen to miss a week, we know life happens. Um, sometimes we don't get, uh, we don't put prayer life at the at the forefront because unfortunately, since we are here on earth, other things take uh, um, precedence sometimes in our minds. So in God's mind, it's like, I probably, you know, you'd probably do a lot better if you just did the prayer first. We are doing the Holy Hour on Faith. I got to say, it's been really, really cool. Um, you know, at the start, there was some, there was some rough starts only more so because you kind of start clearing up stuff. You start praying again, deeply like that with a full intention where you all of a sudden I I consider like going to the gym where you're training for something and you're really focused on some muscles and then get really sore, you know, cause you're like, Oh, I never really trained that specific. So that's kind of how it was for me at the beginning, a little bit strenuous. And now it's like, as I'm praying for faith, I was telling Rich, our producer, I was telling, Hey, you know. I feel like I should be going doing this every day, just like uh, um, um, Bolton Sheen, you know, because afterwards I feel like I went to the, you know, you finish going to the gym, you feel really good. And you're like, man, I got to, I got to work out more often because I feel so good. That's kind of how I feel. I did a holy hour last night. Right afterwards, I was like, I could feel the difference. Interesting that you mentioned something though, because so you just brought two things to my mind. One, I'm going to start sending you a bunch of prayer requests so that you can pray for me. <laughs> and I, I need him too. Well, I want our listeners to know. So for our listeners, how could they send prayer requests to you or how do they send them? So there's several ways. Um, some people actually pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I, I don't have time to go in and look up how to do this. Can you take a prayer request? And I do. I'll take it right over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, they... If they feel so inclined, I will pray with them, but nobody's ever asked me to. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, Hey, I'll pray with you right now. Um, because usually they're, they're in a hurry and that's why they're calling. But if, um, you know, through the app, um, there's a button on the app Mm -hmm. that says prayer requests. And then on our website, you can also, um, send in a prayer request. There's also a way to email us, um, both through the app and through, the website and if you send an email just say hey this is going on um the thing with the email is that it's not just coming to me it's coming to um a couple of people and it gets directed to whoever it needs to go to so somebody wants um a specific person on the team 
to pray for them. Like if somebody wants uh, Terry or Mary Danielle or Jesse Romero because he does, you know, so much spiritual warfare stuff. Sure. Um, they can, the, I, I think that the best way to do that is to um, just hit the prayer request and then mention uh, Jesse or something like that. I will, I see all the requests coming in and I can direct it to those people if they want um, a specific show host like yourself as well because you also do um, healing ministry. I would do, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I always, um, I share with Mary Danielle because she's, she helps me a lot with spiritual direction sure. and, and things like that. And well, she was the one doing it at the beginning. So I took over for her because she's so overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> she answers everybody else's questions about everything else. So um, I took it on um, as a ministry for myself. For me, I mean, it sounds selfish, but it is. It's I'm always asking God, how can I help me to be a better Christian than I was yesterday? Sure. So God, God says, here you go. <laughs> So. But I think this ties in nicely because it's <clears throat> these things where it's like, you know, when you're praying, how do we know that your angel's not sending you these prayer requests, you know, telling you, hey, Trish, you know, this is coming in. Or other, our, our angels are probably communicating. And one angel, your angel's probably telling everybody else's angels, hey, Trisha uh, wants a little job here. If anybody wants prayer requests or something, send right. over to Trish for us, okay? And right. those angels are probably telling other people, hey, call them in because somehow your prayers are going to get answered over there. It's a network. This is where we're all kind of connected, right? It's, uh, um, you know, I know a guy. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, no coincidences. <laughs> so um, that's another thing about um, you know, it's a collaboration, not just between um, God and the angels or our angels and ourselves, but it is a network, right. and we can ask our guardian angels to speak to even people we don't know, speak to their angels if they need help. And I suggest this to people all the time. Pray to your angel that they speak to your loved one's angel. Um, you know, there's a lot of attack on the family, as you well know, going on right now. Sure. So, um, but that's the final battle, right? We knew in Fatima, that's the final battle. It's right. On the family. Yeah. Um, that's why That's why I, the Holy Hour Challenge, uh, this is something that I want to tie in with this as well. So as far as my Holy Hour Challenge, my whole goal is I want peace. There is so much chaos in the world right now. How do I get peace? So once a week, I, you know, and I want to do it more now, and I, you know, squeeze in a few more. But once a week, holy hour, my goal is peace. But I want to do it through the virtues because that's what the angel of Fatima had told the shepherd children, right? He, the prayers that he gave them were for peace, and he included Jesus, I adore, I love you, I adore you, I hope, and I have, and uh, um, was I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. So it's the, the virtues of faith, hope, and love through adoration. But you made me think of something. When I'm doing my holy hour, sometimes it's just, I think, oh, it's just me and Jesus. And the reality is Jesus is constantly being worshiped by angels. Mm-hmm. He's constantly being adored by angels. Mm-hmm. So as I'm there in the holy hour, there's a bunch of angels around that I'm not even aware of. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I think it's very kind of like, uh, now not necessarily selfish, but I think I'm very alone. You know, sometimes it can feel like a lonely time. Like it's just me and my holy hour, me and Christ, and I'm all alone with the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I don't realize that I'm actually entering into a space where Jesus is being adored and I'm just becoming a part of it, but right. that's going to enrich me. Right. So while I'm there in my holy hour, what tips can you give me as far as if I'm doing my holy hour, I want to do my challenge right now. I'm praying for faith. Um, what, what should I think about? What should I incorporate as far as my guardian angel or angels that are around adoring Christ at that time? So, um, you can ask your guardian angel to, um, 
help you, help you to discern uh, God's message to you, but also to help you quiet things down so that you can hear. You know, there's all of that noise I talked about earlier is so much noise and there's so much going on in our lives and we're always so busy. Just getting to holy hour for me is difficult. Sometimes that's noise in itself, right? Like we get there noisy. Yeah. Because just to get there, we had to jump so many bridges, talk to people, do this. Right. We're in a rush. And then we get there, we want to sit down and all of a sudden we want to be in the presence of God. And right. we haven't even really prepared for that, so to speak, because the world doesn't let us prepare. Right, right. Yeah. Yesterday was a perfect example of that for me. I finally got in almost an hour. It was amazing. <laughs> and um, and then, of course, I got it, you know, are you, interrupted. Are, are you doing trying to do the challenge? Is that what you Yeah, yeah, I am. What, well, what part are you on? Are you on love? Are you on faith? Are you on hope? What are you? Or are you just kind of doing it all at once? I'm kind of doing it all at once because okay. I, I felt like I, I'm playing catch up with the, the love. Sure. Um, and so I'm still on love because I only got in um, two half hour sessions. Yeah, okay. Um, and that was rushed. So I didn't even feel like I really, um, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel when I'm doing holy hour. That's how out of practice I am with that. But, the, and that's, you know, what's funny. That's exactly what I mean by it started rough for me because, right. you know, I've done holy hours before where you sit there and you just kind of think that God's going to infuse me. All stuff. But this one I'm doing with a purpose. I'm asking for something in particular. And I went to go sit down. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't even understand the virtues as, as I'm trying to, you know, I, I know them academically. I can right. read about them. I can hear about them. But I, I can't say that I've ever sat down to study them, to, you know, to uh, hash them out really. And this has been really helpful. It's, it's and yeah. I guess the, the one thing that's been helping me is that I'm putting forth my effort, even if it's half an hour, it's like going to the gym and I say, oh, I did half an hour. I'm putting forth my effort. But what I find very interesting about faith, hope, and love is that they have, they are infused. I can't right. work on them myself. God has to give them to me. Right, right. That's kind of trippy. Yeah, I did focus a little bit more on, on faith, mm -hmm. um, but there's always going to be love when you're sure. in adoration. That's what it is. Sure. You're, you're giving him your love. Sure. So, um, I think um, to kind of bring it all together, um, yesterday in particular, I started praying for everything I could think of because I had the opportunity to. Sure. So I covered everybody who um, sent in their int intentions. I covered my own intentions. Um, and then I, I remembered, oh, yes, ask for faith. I need more faith. And please help me to discern the difference between desires and and did you pray your guardian angel while you're doing yes yeah absolutely it was one of the first prayers i did that's you know and that's great i think that that's very inspirational and i think that that's very helpful especially to our listeners um if you're doing the holy hour challenge if you're feeling frustrated i tell my listeners don't sweat it it's just a matter of make the intention or have the intention to even go it's kind of like people say i didn't make it to the gym it's the new year try have the intention to go but realize we added a wonderful new element thank you trish we can pray to our guardian angel who can inspire us with not just getting there, but the right words to say and the right mindset to have as we're doing the holy hour. Yeah, it's um, just try to have that relationship with your angel. Be appreciative. Thank God every day that he gave you your angel to help you through this life. That's awesome. I feel more important now. I have spiritual secret service <laughs> right behind me who's going to pull out whatever weapons uh, as I'm being attacked. And boy, I'm going to try to put them in the right place by walking the right path. Until next week, we're joining us back here at the clinic at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Thanks, Trish. 